This week's episode of the Cloudcast is brought to you by Intel Cloud for All, driving the creation of thousands of clouds. Cloudcast Media presents from the massive studios in Raleigh, North Carolina. This is the Cloudcast with Aaron Delb and Brian Gracely, bringing you the best of cloud computing from around the world. Good morning, good evening, wherever you are, and welcome back to the Cloudcast. We are actually out here in lovely San Francisco. We're at the DevOps Enterprise Summit. Um, three days of really a different kind of show. Uh, you know, usually we'll be out of the technology shows, uh, lots of vendors, lots of hardcore technologists, and, and there's no lack of technologists this week, but this week is all, um, you know, I would say it's dominated by uh, customer stories. It's dominated by practitioners, um, and it's dominated by people that are, you know, not only trying to explain, um, you know, how they're making transformations, so how are they delivering software faster, how they're building and testing software faster, um, you know, trying to be modern and competitive, but but they're here to, to learn from a community. It's a very community-oriented event. Uh, you know, a lot of you folks know Gene Kim. You've read The Phoenix Project. Uh, you know, Gene is a, a huge force behind this, but but another big force behind this is, uh, is the folks from Electric Cloud. Sam Fells with us. Sam, how are you? Good morning. I'm great. Thank you. You guys are, uh, you know, probably one of the, you know, one or two big sponsors of this. You've been helping to put it on, helping to coordinate it. Um, give me a little. You and I have been talking. We met, uh, you know, at the reception. We've been we've been sort of bullshitting here for the last five ten minutes. Um, <laughs> how did you guys get involved with this? Because Gene's Gene's got a following. Um, yeah. You know, the, the DevOps community has a following. Um, how did you give us a little background on yourself, and then and then how did Electric Cloud kind of decide you want to be a big presence here? Great. So, um, first of all, thanks for having me on the program. This yeah. is uh, exciting for us to be able to participate. We, uh, it comes back to our desire to help folks deliver better software faster. It sounds super marketing-y, yeah. but that's what we've been doing for the past 12 years. The company's not a, not a spring chicken. We're not a unicorn. Well, it's not like software's new. So. Software's not new, and people have been trying to build software for a long time. What is really interesting is the nounification or the verbification of what we do. Okay. Um, once you can put like a label on something, a marketing-y label, people can rally behind it. Yeah. Software production can't really get all that excited about yeah, it. Yeah, it sounds like manufacturing or... DevOps. Or there you go. Continuous delivery. Oh, my God. I totally want to do that. Right. Um, software production, yeah, we do that. DevOps, right? right. Um, so it's a much, a much different feel. So we've been helping folks produce software for a long time. And about two and a half years ago, we, we brought in a new management team. I've been on board for around two years. Mm-hmm. Uh, got a nice chunk of change from our existing venture uh, capital partners. And they said, we see this market starting to gel up. Right. We think that you guys have an awesome platform that's proven, that's enterprise ready, that's been used by these huge companies like Cisco and Qualcomm and HP. A lot of the folks that are here presenting um, are folks that are using our software Maybe for the enterprise, maybe in a pocket of the enterprise, right. uh, but solving very, very complex use cases because their business is a non-trivial software business. And right. more and more, every business is a non-trivial software business. You right. have to have software in order to be competitive. Right. Um, actually, what you'll find is there are a lot of companies who are only software businesses, like Uber. They keep bringing out brand new functionality on top of what's what really is a pretty simple idea. Uh, they just released something a few days ago, which was uh, Uber events, where I'm a, a business and I want to bring people to an event. I have a code that I give to all the people who are coming to my event, and they can 
use yep. that to charge me for their Uber ride. Right, right. Which is awesome, yeah. right? And it didn't cost them any money to, to do that. It's a couple lines of code. Right, right. Uh, but that unlocks There's, so much value for people. Right. Yeah, and, and, I, and I think we're hitting, we're hitting this tipping point, right? I mean, everybody... We joke sometimes that the last few years everything has been well. Let's talk about Netflix and Uber and Airbnb and yeah. and and they're all innovators. I mean, they, what they're doing is fantastic. Um, but the reality is, you know, now these enterprises, which uh, you know, we were sitting in a session this morning, people were talking about, you know, doing continuous development around the mainframe. But the reality is, they said, look, it runs the banking industry, it runs your credit card transactions, it runs, yeah. you know, it runs a lot of the things you interact with. And, and these businesses are, are highly motivated to, to stay in business and, and grow. And <laughs> yeah. um, so, you know, it's, it, and that's the interesting thing about this show is it's, it's got a sense of, of a lot of a future to it. You know, mm-hmm. we're here on Back to the Future Day and, mm-hmm. and what's going on in the future. But there's a lot of pragmatism to it, right? You hear these companies that talk about, you know, we've been going through this transformation for two and three years. Yeah. And, and the other thing that, that gets me is a lot of these folks will tell you, look, I've been at uh, Capital One for five years. I've been at Nationwide for 16 years. Mm-hmm. And, and so they've got an investment personally in, in what's going on. And, and like you said, I mean, you, you guys had a management transition. Your business, your management said, hey, I think you can drive stuff. Yeah. Every, I've heard this from every one of them. They're going, Transform. We, we have all these assets that yeah. should be transformative. So that's um, right. It's yeah. an interesting thing. And so that transformation, um, that's what we're focused on helping people do. And yeah. that's so your the question is, how did we get sort of started with right. the DevOps Enterprise Summit? Is we thought... So we have this awesome platform that's being used by all these people to do sort of automation and acceleration for that process. Um, we're not an open source company. Yep. We don't have the number of downloads that a lot of other players do. So we don't have people playing with our product. But we, we, want, we have a point of view. We have an opinion. We think we've been helping folks do this for a long time. So we think we can help them. Right. So let's get together with somebody who can get that exposure for us and really put together a world-class event where all these folks, like you said, can join up right. and learn. And the things, the, the hallway track, as Nicole um, was talking about last night, Ferguson, yeah, last night, uh, the hallway track, that's my favorite track. Yeah. Um, the people that I talk to in the hallways, and they're like, yeah, it's so great to see all these real use cases, these real people who have stubbed their toes. It's like the man in the arena, right? right. These are the folks who are dirty and dusty and bloody and their their hands are sore and they're trying to figure this stuff out and eventually somebody's going to get it and then the first thing that they do, it, they don't go hide in a corner and be like, ha-ha, competitive advantage. Right. They shout it to the world saying, hey, I figured this out. Right. And that is such a unique culture. Yeah. That, yeah. Um, especially when you consider the competitiveness of, of the software business. And, and oh, yeah. How, yeah, absolutely. But, but the folks that are here, all they want to do is help other people deliver better software faster, which is, right. from my perspective, that's an awesome feeling. Yeah, it's, it's, it, there's three things that jump out at me. One is, uh, you know, Gene, Gene Kim is sort of, whether he's driving this or he's just involved with it, Gene's so sort of humble and pragmatic yeah. um, that it, it's different than... I don't know. You, you went to OpenStack Summit two or three years ago, and you have people standing up going, we're going to take over the – it's sort of big and bolsterous, and, and you go, okay, yeah. that's great, but what have you done? And the right. second thing is there's lots of data here. There's lots of actual business data that isn't just stars on GitHub and downloads. It's right. – you know, uh, and it's not just well. We went from you know thirty weeks to, to two weeks. It's it's we've saved money. I mean, every single one of the companies I hear go. The thing that we did, and the ones that did it right, was they said we picked a business application. We didn't pick mm-hmm. a, some weird collaboration thing just to do it. It was we picked a business application. It was visible. Yeah. Uh, and then the third thing, and you were talking about this. This is it's not an open source show. 
but boy, is it a community show. Absolutely. I mean, and, and the thing that I love about it, since, uh, you know, and folks know Aaron and I don't live in Silicon Valley. We live out in, out in North Carolina. Uh, you know, the speakers are from Cleveland, Ohio. And Columbus, Ohio, and Minneapolis, and and all sorts of non Silicon Little Valley pockets. places. Yeah. yeah, I mean it's it's great because it basically says this this DevOps thing uh, has has spread right, and you're always looking for spread outside of the valley because otherwise right. maybe it's just the a bubble. Of, yeah. yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, we're um, just sort of looking at our navel. Right. Yeah. Um, so, you know, you guys have been uh, not only sponsoring this, so you've gotten tons of insight, like like you said, you've gotten the hallway track, um, but you've had a number of, of speaking sessions. Mm-hmm. Um, beyond the ones that you're speaking at, what, what are the big takeaways that you've had? What are the, the things, because the nice thing about this is these videos will all be online. People right. can go look at them. Yep. Uh, what are a couple of the ones that you may have seen or just a, you know, a, a nugget that you go, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to remember that one. That one sort of changed my thinking. So, uh, let's see. So there are a bunch of different tracks. Uh, I've been doing a lot of what I'm doing now, which is why my voice is starting to crack. So I haven't been able to be in tons of sessions. Um, The sessions that I have seen, there was one by a fellow from E-Trade where he was talking about how they were able to use a lot of different products, source code management through configuration management, application release automation to really... Uh, optimize that pipeline. Right. Uh, and so I thought that was a really good track. Manuel uh, from E-Trade. Um, got to listen in to the panel. I thought the panel on Embedded was really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, there are a lot of folks that came to me after that panel saying, I'm glad that you guys sort of broached that subject because there are a lot of people here who web applications not necessarily their, their thing. Right. Uh, but they want to do DevOps. They want to do continuous delivery. It's like the mainframe. Right. person, right? She's like, well, yeah. we've been doing DevOps-ish type stuff for a long time. And that's yeah. what is so interesting. Uh, I was talking with a Gartner analyst yesterday uh, about ITIL and ITSM and how uh, structured it was. And it was fantastic for what it was. Right. But you had to learn it. And with DevOps and with Agile, uh, it just seems, everything seems so natural. Yeah. Right? If you stop and you think about it, it just makes sense the practices that people are putting forward. Right. Uh, whereas with ITIL, you have to go look and find the paragraph in the chapter and to think, you know, am I following it correctly? Right. With DevOps, I, there is no correctly. Right, right. Um, yeah. yeah, and then we hear that from people. They go, look, we have our, we created our own maturity model. I was talking to the folks from Salesforce yesterday and they said, you know, we, we had to create a maturity model and we had to sort of, you know, embed the Salesforce culture. Um, right. You know, Adrian Cockroft was talking and he said we had to embed the, the Netflix culture and, um, you know, when Capital One talked about it, they said we have to embed Capital One culture. Right. Um, so, right. um, so I've been doing some stuff on the side, some research on the side, uh, really looking at kind of this enterprise evolution. Yep. Um, you know, it's easy to, uh, you know, talk about what a startup did because it was like we didn't have any rules. We just, like you said, we just winged it's easy, it. Yeah. It's easy. There's no friction. That's right. Um, you know, baggage and, and legacy is always tricky. Um, Technical what, and process debt. Yeah, right? exactly. All these things that you have to bake into what you think the process needs to be. And somebody says, we should do that. Okay, tack that on. Right. We should do that. Okay, tack that on. All of a sudden you're like, what's the actual steel thread? Yeah. What do I really need to do in order to get this stuff out? Right. And and the thing that I've been seeing, I've been focused on sort of the the, the development platform. So something you might call a PaaS or you uh-huh. know, some of the, the other loosely coupled uh-huh. things. And we were talking... Um, you know, what I sort of broke it down to to keep it simple was there's sort of structured platforms. There's things like Cloud Foundry and OpenStack and right. OpenShift and, and some others like that, Heroku. And then there's sort of unstructured, you know, which, which really ends up being a lot of build pipe, you know, a lot of tools, a lot of do-it-yourself stuff. Right. You, were, you were saying you're seeing the same thing on the sort of test and build. Talk about that and, and talk about, you know, where you guys fit in that and, and, and how you fit from an enterprise perspective versus a build-it-yourself. 
Okay, no problem. So, yeah, so we see um, your pipeline to deliver your software for folks who are, if you start a company right now, yeah. your pipeline to get that software out is going to be uh, agile, it's going to be nimble, it's going to be flexible, it's going to be um, maybe cloud-based. It's yeah. going to be simple because it's part. It's a competitive advantage for you to make that process really simple. might not be totally scalable because you're lean and you're trying to just, I want to get my product out so people can start playing with it. Yeah. Uh, as you start developing multiple different parts of that application, your pipeline starts to become a little more complex and you have to actually start architecting it and thinking about it. Right. Um, that pipeline extends for most of the folks that we work with because the platform that we have is it's just a very um, flexible, sort of scalable automation platform. You can kind of do anything with it. We got a UI that you can make a visual thing with it. We've got a domain-specific language where you can program it if that's what you want to do. Go back and forth, um, but it gives you the, the the flexibility and the power to to take it all the way from code check-in through to production deployment, right. along with all the different stages in between. Driving that process with um, sort of intelligent automation so we're actually looking at the results from test results right uh and and we can help you make decisions based on that like i don't want to wait for the entire build to finish for it to tell me that there are too many warnings or errors right right we have customers like cisco who those builds are 24 hours okay so you get you, you get that critical mass of errors mm -hmm. there's no reason for you to continue for another 18 hours right right, right. uh and so those things at scale are things that folks who are just, I'm a little web company and I'm just, it's my only, it's my first product and I have a website and this thing, they're not thinking about that. Yeah. So having something that will allow folks to really control at a granular level, but from an, in an automated way, in a programmatic way, uh, that pipeline, we think is a, it's a very powerful thing for folks to be able to do. If you're a large organization, you haven't thought, of, I mean, your pipeline's probably kind of, You've acquired companies. Sure. Like CenturyLink is here, and they're doing a, a talk about how do you convert a legacy application because they acquire a lot of companies. How do you convert that into something that's sort of normalized and yep. standardized and yep. fits in with the rest of your sort of zoo of things that you have to deal with? Um, and so having the ability to control all the different tools that anybody might have in your environment, right? That's a, a critical piece for an orchestration tool, right. is to work with all those tools sort of out of the box. Mm -hmm. um, you've got a lot of stickers on the back of your laptop. Yeah. Most people that I know, it's like either you're an Apple guy or a, Macintosh or a, or a Microsoft PC. guy yeah. or a, an Android guy, right? But you love those things. You love the, the stickers um, on the back of your machine. Folks just love them. Yeah. And it's funny, you really start digging into what they love about it. Maybe the, the devs all love Chef and the, uh, the ops guys all love Puppet, right. right? What they love is the outcome. Yeah. They really don't care about the tool. So if you can orchestrate all those tools on their behalf and give the enterprise, that architect who cares about the end-to-end -end process, if you can give him the visibility, the auditability, the predictability for those two tools and say, as part of this one pipeline, I touch them both, Yeah, that's a win, right? right? Because right. now the, the, the people on the ground get to use the tools they like, the architect gets that end-to-end -end visibility, the auditability, the CISO gets the auditability, um, and you got something that works, and then if you need to, you can consolidate. Hey, right. you know what, we only want to have one enterprise license for a configuration management tool, choose one, and then again, the dev and the ops teams, you don't have to ever think about it again. Right. 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 It's just gonna it's just gonna work. Yeah. Um, 
it, it, it's, it's dawning on me a little bit. So, you know, if I, if, I, if I go back a little bit, if I go back 15 years, um, you know, if you had a, a well-running ERP system, so you had a great supply chain, mm-hmm. and you had a great CRM system, so you could see what was going on with your customers, those were big differentiators, mm-hmm. right? Because at the time, digital productivity was, was, the, was the thing, right? right? Now we're, we're talking about, you know, building entire businesses or being much more relevant from a software perspective. You know, whether you're a, an, just a software company or, or software is relevant, I, I feel like, and, and tell me if you think this is a, a decent comparison. I mean, do you think we're going to see sort of uh, the, the, the build, test, deploy tool be, being sort of like the CRM and, and, and that, you know, platform, cloud native platform being a little bit like the, like this, like, like the ERP. And then this ERP, becomes exactly. a CR, this becomes the CRM where you go, if I get those right and I'm good at, they are my differentiation because, um, like people talked about, you know, your cell phone is now your new bank and you, you know, your, your, your storefront is, is the web or whatever it is. Um, I feel like that's what we're going to see companies differentiate on. And, and we talk about which ones succeed and which ones don't, um, that becomes potentially a piece of it. Absolutely. Uh, I totally think that that's true. That the tools that you use and the, the auditability into that process is super important. Yeah. Um, and so having a single place where people can go and see that is good. Being confident about it is good. Letting the ops teams feel like I can see all the steps that this software went through before I decide to pull the trigger and put it into production. Right. Um, giving the devs the confidence of knowing I can work really hard on all nighter to try and crank out this code and get it out there. I'm not shipping shelfware faster. Right. I'm shipping software faster because my ops team can actually accept all these frequent releases that I'm giving them. Right. Uh, and so the team starts to work together better, aligning with the business goal of not going out of business. Yeah. Because if you're not doing that feature or whatever it is that you want to do to your business, someone else will do it. Right. Uh, right. And the friction for people to switch around in a, in a you know, when you buy a, a, a dishwasher or a car, you're going to have that for a while. Yeah. Um, but if I, if I start using some web thing, um, it's pretty easy for me to just say, oh, you know what? I'm going to create a new password and go to this other web thing. Yeah. There's very little friction there. Right, right. So you have to stay competitive. Now, you guys, uh, we haven't talked a whole lot about Electric Cloud, the company, a little bit. Um, you guys had an announcement this week uh, around the Electric Flow product as well as the sort of community edition. Talk about, we, we were having a conversation before, talk about the the standard edition and then why the community edition is important. Super. Uh, so we uh, have had a, the platform that we're using to drive all this automation for a while. Uh, about a year ago, we stuck a, a much richer UI, much nicer UX, uh, streamlined it a little bit. It, okay. A lot of not. It's like a Lego box, yeah. the old product. You could build anything with it, but you had to sort of build it. Right. And we said, okay, we want to make this easier for people. So we built a domain-specific set of functionality for the build test use case. Mm-hmm. We built some for the deploy use case. And we just recently released a release use case. Yeah. Um, and what we're what sort of the impetus behind it, and one of the reasons why it ties in so well with the DevOps Enterprise Summit, is because what we see out in the real world is that there are these huge companies with these legacy applications. They got 50 applications. They got hundreds of different components in those applications. They're going across hundreds of different environments on their way to final you know final production deployments. Right. right. Um, it's very difficult for people to track that. Right. And there are tools that help them do that. Um, however, those same tools are not very good 
at the CD pipelines, where instead of tracking 50 different things going across all these different things and you're rerunning different steps because something failed, uh, you're moving more to the sort of the Martin Fowler deployment pipeline yeah. where it, it's all automated. Maybe there's some manual gates in there, but the release candidate goes until it can't go anymore, and then you just you wipe it off the map. You mm-hmm. don't try and rerun it. Okay. You go back, you edit the code, you edit the pipeline, and then yep. you rerun it to see if it works. Uh, those two things, having both of those of you in one place is very hard to do. Right. Because these, uh, you know, I, I like to think of these DevOps initiatives inside of large enterprises like uh, like, a, like a big lava flow. And then you have this one little green sprig shooting out of it, right? And it's yeah. life and it wants to be there and it wants to survive. And um, it's not a very great environment for these companies to try and... It, allow this DevOps initiative to flourish because they want to enforce standards. They want folks to use the tools that they've been using. And these guys say, hey, I'm trying to be really lean about this. I'm going to just pick up Chef. I'm going to use Jenkins. I'm going to use these things because they're what I know. I know they work. And I can't be bothered with your 18-month, you know, your five-hour maintenance window, your 18-month cycle. Right. and you get enough of those inside of an enterprise, and all of a sudden now, instead of everyone sort of using the same set of tools, having a standard process that's auditable and predictable, you've got all these different folks who are trying to deploy their brand new little application into an environment that the traditional release manager may also be right. interested so, in. So you don't just have Snowflake builds and servers, you've got Snowflake build environments and Snowflake build tools and Absolutely. Snowflake. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. And so um, having those two things making those uh, smaller teams, giving them the tools that they need to be able to be very uh, agile, to be able to be very uh, have very fast frequency um, of releases, but still be governed by the overall organization. Right. So the overall organization can still have oversight is, what the hell did you deploy into my environment? Right. What has it been tested? How do I audit that? Right. Uh, that helps these companies sort of let loose a little bit and let these DevOps teams do their good work. Yeah. No, I think I heard, uh, so there was a, a, a guy named Carmen from, from Nationwide, uh-huh. and, and he had sort of an interesting quote. He said, you know, it's not my job to tell you how fast to go, right? He says, I'm going to give you a, a set of common tools, right. and I'm going to build them or orchestrate them such that they can go at different speeds. Yeah. If you want to go really fast, that's fantastic. You can go fast. Mm-hmm. If you're not comfortable going fast... I'm not going to tell you you've got to go 100 miles an hour, right. uh, but go as fast as you can. Go as fast as your group can process it. And it sounds like that's what you guys are. You're giving people control and where they yeah. want, but, but if you if you want a little bit of speed and chaos, that's great. There's there's a, a lighter weight version of that's the community version that lets you be consistent in elements of it yeah. without having to you know necessarily go at the same pace that the transformation's going on, which may be fast, maybe slow, maybe regional. Yeah. Um, Almost exactly right. The community edition is actually our entire product. Uh-huh. Um, so you could run Qualcomm, HP. They're all using this product to help them. Yeah. Uh, you could do that kind of work with it. Mm-hmm. The community edition comes with 10 free agents, so you okay. can actually do work across 10 hosts, <clears throat> okay. um, which is enough for most small groups yeah. in, who are just trying to get started to be able to play with it, get it up and running, have it be, um, you know, similar enough to what's happening in the mothership, if you will, right? so that it can be sucked in later if you want to just say, okay, this is actually something that we're, we need right now, um, 
and you know we need to sort of move up from this freemium version yep. into the enterprise. So just smaller, managed. not losing functionality. Basically, that's it. Okay. Yeah, just Very less cool. less agents is the only thing. I liked uh, the other thing you were talking about, Carmen's comment. Uh, the HP folks yep. had a really interesting comment that I thought was good as well, which was buoys, not boundaries. Yes. Um, same kind of idea, right? Uh, and it's all about giving the developers the choice as to how they want to move forward. And if you're, you don't tell an artist, okay, I need you to create something beautiful for me, and then start saying, okay, but it has to fit on this size piece of paper, has to use these color paints, has to have, you know, I'd like to have it all angular, no curved lines, because they're going to be like, I can't really work in that environment. Creative with restrictions doesn't yeah, work very well. Yeah, it doesn't work. Right? Yeah, exactly. Right. So I'm going to wrap this up. One last question. So you've been here all week. You've been talking to people, hallways. You've kind of gotten uh, sort of the plethora of what's going on. What's, what's, your, what's your overall take, or what are you looking forward to maybe six, nine months from now when you look back at this and go, what's the progress? And, and uh, That is a great question. It's something that uh, I have been thinking quite a bit about. The thing that strikes me the most... Uh, about the show is the is the willingness for like if you walk past the dog on the street and the dog is lying on its back you can mm-hmm. do one of two things you can either kick it or you could pet it I don't know anybody who would just kick that dog yeah that's a silly thing right so what I love about the show is that you have people who have the courage to not only try a DevOps thing with a, an in- initiative inside their enterprise but they're willing to come here and talk about the failures that they had, the successes that they had, right? right? Um, because you may or may not have that support from management. Yep. And if you go in and you say, I'm going to try something new and it's going to be scary for a lot of people, uh, if you don't have management support for that, then when you don't get instant results, right? that's a scary place to be. Yep. You have to be, have a lot of courage, a lot of conviction. You have to see that there's value that you can create by doing this. And so the passion... And the, the drive that the folks who are here are showing and the courage is remarkable to me. I love the um, that sense of we can accomplish this. Right. It's a scary sort of journey because we're changing how we're doing everything. Yeah. Right? Uh, that's one of the other things that the HP guy said. It's like it's not terribly different, but it changes everything. Right. And right. it's really it's it's really just that mindset of do you kick the dog or do you pet it? Yeah. No, I think that's I think that's great insight because at the end of the day, most of the folks here um, can't say, well, if I fail in six months, I'm just going to go next door because there's four other startups there, and I'll just right. You know, these folks, this is their career. This is this is their life. Years, the eight years. Right? Yeah, I mean, they're they're invested in the community around it and the company around it. So no, I think that's fantastic insight, and I think. You know, we, we talk about community with open source all the time. I mean, this is this is as open a community as, as open source. These are just sharing of stories and sharing of insight and learnings and stuff. So, fantastic. Um, so, Sam, thank you very much for being on. Uh, what's the best place for folks to either get in touch with you, go track down Electric Cloud? Where might you guys be at events coming up? Yeah, so best a way to sort of track me down is on Twitter. Um, best way to track our company down is at the homepage or on Twitter. Okay, we'll have all that in the show notes. Um, we'll be at Java One. Uh, I think it's like next week or Something. Oh, card of Oracle. Yeah, <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, are, we have to try and figure that out now, too. It's been such a rush doing this show. Uh, Gene has been awesome. The IT Revolution team, Todd and Robin and Allie, just amazing to work with. Yep. Um, and, you know, the programming committee, so much goodness, but it's just 
it takes a lot of time to put a show like this together. We're yeah. not a huge team, and uh, I'm really proud of the work that uh, the folks did. Yeah, no, it's been a great show. I think twice as big as last year, about 1,000 people, 1,200 people. 1,200 so people, doubled really, the really size, good. sold out both years. Yeah. So we're on a good clip. Yeah, so congratulations to you guys. With that, we're going to wrap it up. Folks, thanks for listening, and uh, we will talk to you next week. Thank you for listening to The Cloudcast. Please visit thecloudcast.net to find more shows, show notes, videos, and everything social media. 